welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hello and welcome to episode 276 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Life. I'm your host, Siobhan Key, and today we are talking about binge eating. So if you are a physician and you identify with binge eating, this is an episode for you. We are going to talk about why it is that physicians have binge eating. And I got to tell you, it's way more common than what you think. I talk to so many physicians who have had a long history of binge eating and have always thought that they're one of the few. There are so many physicians that struggle with binge eating. It just never gets talked about. And that's why I think it's so important that we do these podcast episodes so that it is talked about, so that you know you're not alone, so that we can start unwinding some of the shame that's wrapped around binge eating, because that's how you actually get better. Okay? So hang tight. I wanted to make a note too. this coming month, so March of 2024, I am going to be doing some live sessions about binge eating, some live teaching sessions. I don't have all the details yet, but I thought I would give you a heads up in this session. You will hear about them through my email or they will also be announced on my social media. So if you do not get my emails, head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca Right on that front page, you can click on the link and you'll get a guide about 10 powerful weight loss beliefs, but that will also just set you up where you receive emails and you'll get notifications when I have something cool that I'm offering, like a bunch of different topics around binge eating. So for the month of March, I'm going to offer you a bunch of teachings so that by the end of March, you actually have a really good understanding of binge eating and what you need to do to feel more in control. So head over, make sure you get on that list. Also, make sure that you're following me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Dr. Siobhan Key. That's D-R-S-I-O-B-H-A-N-K-E-Y on both Instagram and Facebook because you can get extra little tips, little motivation, little tidbits to just help redirect your brain throughout the day, which is really important. There's a lot on social media that makes you feel bad about yourself. Having little bits that make you feel positive about your journey with managing your eating and weight is really actually very, very important. And that's why I keep up with my social media channels. So you have access to that. All right, let's talk. I totally put off recording this podcast episode because I wasn't in the office. Well, it's so funny how we think about work. I'm thinking I wasn't in the office today, but I actually spent about two and a half hours seeing patients virtually and doing paperwork. So I was in the office for a half day, but it was mainly a day to work on stuff for my coaching business and the podcast. And I was going to sit down in the afternoon and record some podcasts. And you know what? I played hooky. 
I decided not to do it, to resist my own rules and guidelines I'd set up for myself. And I decided to head for a cross-country ski with the dogs. And I'm sharing this with you because there's so many things that I do that actually help me manage my weight and have helped me keep my weight off over these years. And sometimes ditching my to-do list in favor of something that's replenishing for me is exactly the thing I need to do that to be able to manage my weight long-term. And so I'm sharing that because maybe there's something you can play hooky on this week, something that you can say, "Eh, I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to go do something that actually replenishes me, makes me feel good. And here's the thing I've learned when I do that, I can trust myself that I will get the stuff done. And I think you probably can too, because we as physicians get stuff done. And so you never have to worry, oh, if I, if I go get some exercise, if I go read a book, I did that today too. I kind of needed some time. If I go read a book, if I do things like that, the work's never going to get done. No, it's just you're shifting when the work's going to get done. And you're probably going to be in a much better frame of mind and more efficient when it does. Me recording this podcast, I would guarantee you it's going to be a better podcast for you because I went and spent that time skiing and sat and read my book a little bit. My brain's just clearer than if I just kept going from my office and tried to just get some podcasts recorded to get them done. Anyways, that's not specifically about binge eating, but I thought that would be you know, it's important to talk about that because when you're struggling, there's a good chance most of the time you think the answers are about food, which food you should eat, which food you should eat. And that's not the case. The answers generally have nothing to do with food, especially when we're talking about binge eating. The amount of energy of that it takes to like really focus on I can't eat when you're having that urge to have a binge it's completely wasted energy. It rarely works. And so what's the point? Now, putting that energy into doing something like going for a walk, doing something that actually feels good, taking a break in your day, even if it means you're delaying a bit of work, that has a real impact on things like binge eating. Okay, that was a bit of a side, but let's get into the main topic for today, which is talking about binge eating and why it affects physicians. And I wanted to do this episode because if you are a physician, like I talked about at the beginning, feeling like you are the only one who deals with binge eating, feeling ashamed, embarrassed, trying to keep it hidden, hoping people don't find out, one of the biggest things to help you get better, to help you feel more in control around food, is starting to unwind that shame. A hallmark of binge eating is the shame, the guilt that's in the DSM criteria. And that shame, that guilt, that isolation, it actually perpetuates the binge cycle. So I wanted to talk about and share with you that the fact that you have binge eating, that you've experienced binge eating, is nothing going wrong. It's not some bad, broken part of you. It actually makes sense. Now, I know for some of you, you're going to be like, what? This does not make sense. And that's okay. I say that from the standpoint of having spent years working with physicians with binge eating, helping them start to find peace with food, trust themselves around food, feeling control where they don't have binges or when they do have binges, they're way smaller. Like they have a piece of cake when they didn't plan it and can stop themselves. 
And that is definitely possible for wherever you are in your binge eating. That is possible, but we have to take a different path. We can't keep just trying to get there by working on not eating. It will not work. It is wasted energy and you deserve so, so much more. So let's just talk about how do you know if you have binge eating? I've done other episodes on that, but just if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't actually know if this is me. And honestly, if you have overeating and you don't really identify with the binge eating, totally fine. This episode is going to be helpful for you too. Because as physicians, we all have shame attached to our eating. When we're a physician who has struggled with the eating, we all have shame attached to it. And so the more we look at it and understand why it's there, the easier it's going to be to manage it. So don't hang up and stop listening to this episode just because you don't think you have binge eating. Still listen and listen with an ear of what can you take away that would be helpful in your journey because there will be things. So binge eating technically is episodes where you eat a large amount of food in one sitting, often to the point of being physically uncomfortable. The hallmark is feeling very out of control when it's happening. It's not just you decide to have a piece of pizza. You can't stop eating the whole pizza often. And one of the other pieces of the criteria is intense negative emotions afterwards. So shame, guilt, regret, all of those emotions come flooding in afterwards. For binge eating, this happens on a recurrent basis. Some people, it might happen occasionally, and that wouldn't meet the criteria of binge eating disorder. The purpose of this podcast episode is not to diagnose yourself with binge eating disorder. It's just to give you information about binge eating in general. But for some people, binge eating can happen every single day. Some people, it can happen multiple times a day. And so no matter where you are on that scale, know that you're not alone and it's okay. And it can get better. So why is it that we as physicians can struggle with something like binge eating? Because I think what physicians think is, it's because most people are not binging on vegetables, right? It's binging on processed foods, fast food, pizza, all sorts of things like that. And we know as physicians that those foods don't promote health. So it often ends up to be this mismatch in your head of like, I know those aren't healthy. Why can't I stop eating them? And it's very easy for it to start to feel like something is wrong with you around food. A lot of the physicians that I talk to with binge eating and that are in my program inside Thrive Academy where we're coaching around binge eating feel like this part of them that does the binge eating is this bad thing, this thing that they would really like to just get rid of, almost like just amputate it, move away from it, never, ever have to deal with it again. What I'm hoping as you go through this episode is you'll finish with a different viewpoint. You'll see how this part of you that drives the binge eating actually has really good intentions. It wants positive things for you. It just isn't choosing the most effective way to get them. And I think you'll see that recovery from binge eating doesn't mean you never ever binge again. And that having that expectation actually slows down your recovery thinking that to be successful, you have to never, ever binge again, it's going to mean you're going to have a harder time stabilizing your eating and moving away from the binge eating. So as physicians, there's a lot of things that we were taught in our training, in the culture of medicine, in our daily lives that perpetuate 
overeating and binge eating. So if you think about it, when you have binge eating at some point in your life, your brain caught on to the idea that food can make you feel better. And I want to be really clear that it is not wrong. It's actually a correct thing that it noticed because these foods that we're eating, the fast food, the processed food, it creates dopamine in your brain. It does feel better, but it doesn't last very long, right? You eat something, you feel that like pent up, like, oh, I need to eat feeling. You eat something and you're like, oh. Okay, that was better. And then almost immediately you're like, oh, I, I feel that pent up feeling and I need something more. And what's happening is the parts of our brain that drive the cravings don't look long term. They see the dopamine surge. They think, fantastic. This is a survival mechanism when we really get down to it. If you're eating things that give you dopamine, you're probably going to be more likely to survive. That part of your brain, I think, is like you'll be more likely to survive the the risks that you've been exposed to today that have created that built-up feeling. But that part of your brain doesn't see what happens after the dopamine goes down. So when the dopamine, which is brief, goes down and you're still left with that pent-up stress and anxiety or whatever emotion it is, then your brain's like, well, it worked. Let's try it again. Let's have another one. Let's have another one. Maybe this one will work and last. And so when you think about it that way, that the piece of your brain that's driving the binges only thinks short term, it makes sense that if it has a belief and it is a correct belief that eating that food makes you feel better briefly, but it can't see that briefly piece of it, it makes sense that it's like, let's have some more. Let's have some more. So at some point, your brain made this connection. And for some of you, that will be when you were a kid. You had experiences around food where food offered you comfort, and there's a wide range of reasons why that may have happened, and it's okay. It is okay that your brain made that connection. For others, maybe it started in med school. I've talked to lots of physicians where they felt pretty okay with food until med school or residency, or maybe it started after you had your first kid. There's all different stories that I hear, and it's all okay. The fact that your brain made that connection is okay. It makes sense. Then we add on what I was talking about, that as physicians, the medical culture has taught us a lot of things that actually drive the eating. So things like we run our days like marathons, right? Think about how hard it feels to stop to go pee or how often you actually sit down and take time to eat lunch where you can like, eat lunch quietly, savor your food, do it casually. You're not like just trying to jam it in if you're eating at all in order to get back to your desk and catch up on your notes and do the paperwork or get to the next consult, right? Our days are marathons and our brain was not meant to run marathons every day. And so we go through the day and we collect these strong emotions, the stress of being behind, the stress of there's so much work to do. I'm not going to get to it. Maybe frustrations from encounters, maybe some doubt about, did I do the right thing or did I miss that? All of these different emotions that we expose ourselves to during the day, but we don't actually give ourselves a chance to process them because we're running our days like a marathon. And we're actually taught as physicians to push the emotion down. It's actually an important skill. It's something we need to do as physicians because we need to be able to walk into a room 
deal with a highly emotional situation. And then when we've dealt with that, we need to be able to walk out of that room and go to the next one. And we can't be bringing all of that emotion with us. And if you think about the situations that you've dealt with in your career, where, you know, maybe it's extremely bad news, maybe it's running a code, maybe it's a really bad outcome in a pregnancy, and you deal with it, you have to kind of keep your emotions at check to be able to deal with that stuff and have those conversations. But then the day doesn't end when you deal with that. It's not like we get to check out and go home after having tough stuff that we've dealt with. You walk out of that room, maybe you take a few deep breaths, if you're being nice to yourself, and then you move on. You try and shake it off and you keep going. But these emotions that we take on through our day don't actually go away. So what ends up happening is at some point, you have all this discomfort pent up, all these challenging emotions pent up, and your brain wants you to feel better. Your brain wants you to have a way to let go of these. And so it suggests food because here's the thing, you haven't offered something better. It wants you to feel better, but it also recognizes that you're tired, that it needs to be fast acting, and it needs to be simple to access. And food fits at all of that. So if you have a history of binge eating and you have a really stressful day, it makes sense that your brain's like, you know what? You've had a really tough day. Let's try and make you feel better. Well, that helped a little bit. Let's try a little bit more. Now, there are different things that influence binge eating, like genetics and things like that. But I find it really helpful to look at more of the behavioral level because these are the things that we experience more. And honestly, you can't change your genetics. So thinking about it from this standpoint of what you're actually experiencing, I find to be very helpful to just make sense of what it's like. So then you end up having a binge. And then what do you say to yourself afterwards? (laughs) really mean stuff that I probably can't even say on the podcast, right? That's when that shame and guilt and everything like that kicks in. And you know what happens? That, those negative feelings, the feeling like I'm so out of control, I always do this, what's wrong with me, I can't trust myself, maybe even some anticipation of like, oh no, what if this happens tomorrow? What if this happens, you know, a week from now? What if I keep doing this? It ends up, moving you towards a restriction where you're like, okay, I'm going to try and do better. I'm going to be really careful tomorrow. And then you end up in the binge restrict cycle. And the important thing about this is that the negative emotions, the negative talk that happens after a binge pushes you back towards that restrict. And then the experience of being restricted coupled with the negative emotions that you may still have from the previous binge Because let's be honest, beating yourself up about it doesn't end the next morning, right? Like for a lot of people, that negative self-talk keeps going for quite some time. So that negative emotion, plus then you enter another physician day where there's all the different things going on, the running and the marathon of the day, the stressful situations, no opportunity to actually process your emotions. Of course, you end up having another binge at some point. Maybe it happens that day. Maybe it takes a few days, maybe it takes a few weeks, but of course it happens. I want you to notice when I'm explaining why this happens, that there's nothing about, oh, and then you get exposed to super, super palatable food, food that you can't resist. Because this is not a food issue. 
This is not an issue where you need to keep yourself away from food. What we need to do in order to feel more in control around food is you need to change how you run your days. That's when you start to actually feel more in control around binge eating. Now, what's really interesting, I was just on a coaching call with one of the Thrive Academy members who has experienced binge eating. And we had coached a couple days ago and she'd had a super tough day at work, ended up having a smaller binge than she usually would, but a bit of a binge that night. We coached around some techniques and then I just talked to her tonight and she was saying how she had very similar stressors happen today, used just some tiny little tweaks, left feeling good, not stressed out and exhausted from her day, and had no issues with her eating tonight. Didn't even think of it, which is really important because with binge eating, if you're spending a lot of time really trying not to eat, you're coming home and you're like, okay, I'm just going to try and really eat healthy. That's still buying into that binge restrict cycle. We need to work on tools that let you have that ease where you're like, oh, yeah, that food's, I know food's there. I know I could have it, but I just don't need to right now. That is what we go for. And I want to tell you if that sounds super outside the realm of normal for you, it's possible. You can absolutely feel that way around food. We just have to change the skills. And I want to point out, this is the thing she and I were talking about today, is what she did to create that change was like, two or three five to 10 second breaks where she went into her office, took some deep breaths, kind of reset herself and went back out. It wasn't that she took an hour out of her day to feel better about her day and feel more in control of food. So when I'm talking about this stuff, and I know you're busy, I know you have so much on your plate. That's why you're having binge eating. It makes sense. I just want it to be clear of what I'm talking about to create real change that dramatically improves your day and ends up where you feel more in control with binge eating, doesn't take a lot of energy or time. Often surprisingly small little shifts and changes in how you're managing your day will make a difference. And I want you to just think about how empowering that is and how much, like you don't have to change everything to feel in control of binge eating. Because I know when you've had this for years, it feels like in order to feel in control, number one, you probably don't believe you will ever feel in control of your binge eating. And if that's you, that's totally fine. Number two, if you were to feel in control of your binge eating, it's going to take so much work that you're not sure you have time for it right now. You might have to like take some days off work in order to really focus on your binge eating. And when we look at why does this happen to you as a physician, how can we make it better? You actually don't need to do that. And yes, you absolutely can get better, probably faster than what you think with less effort for sure, 100%. So thinking back to that feeling of binge eating being this, this like bad piece of you that needs to be removed, it's not. Like we've talked about the piece of you that drives the binge eating wants you to feel good. It may want you to have comfort. Maybe it wants you to feel safe. There's a lot of different things it might be wanting for you, but it has good intentions. It's not saying, hey, let's make her eat a whole lot of food so we destroy her night and she feels really bad about herself tomorrow. That is not why it's doing it. When we start to acknowledge, hey, this piece of me actually has good intentions and its intentions are similarly aligned with what my intentions for myself are. I want to feel better. I want to have good days. 
It's just using tools that aren't effective. But that's okay. It, it thought they were effective. And now, after you listen to this and with the experience of your life, you know better. It doesn't mean that that piece of your brain is wrong. It means you've learned more. You understand this better. And that opens up the door for you finding more effective tools, more effective ways of managing your stress, of going through your days, of talking to yourself about your eating, no matter what you'd eaten, that then helps you step out of that binge restrict cycle. I wanted to just say a little bit about what does recovery from binge eating look like. We've talked about how often when physicians come to me and we start working on their binge eating, it's they would like it removed. (laughs) Please, can we schedule the surgery to IND this and get it out of here? And that's not the case. And it doesn't need to be removed. That's a thing. It's part of you. It's beautiful. It's amazing just like you are. And over time, I think you'll come to see that. But the way it looks when we start recovering from binge eating is very similar to migraine prophylaxis. I always use this analogy because I think it's just really the same. And we're so used to talking to patients about migraine prophylaxis. But we never say to somebody who has migraines, you know what, our goal is to make it so you never, ever have another migraine, right? We wouldn't think that that was realistic. But we could say, you know what, we're going to work on trying some stuff out and the goals are going to be that you have less frequent migraines. They're less intense when they come. They don't hurt so bad. The duration is shorter. They don't last as long when they're there. And that you can recover more easily from them. And you have more tolerance to triggers that would have otherwise given you a migraine. So when you think about that in the context of binge eating, as you recover from binge eating, It's not that you never, ever binge eat. And this is really important. It comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning is if we think it has to be that you never, ever binge eat, it sets you up for failure because you will not be able to perceive the success you are having. You will not see the progress that you are making. So instead, what we're looking for is binge eating episodes get further apart. They are less intense, like the example I gave you. Maybe it's a couple things you eat, but it's not like the whole pizza and a bag of chips and everything that it may have been in the past. And I I say that not with any sort of mocking or teasing. I say that with a whole lot of compassion because I've worked with so many people that have experienced that level of binge eating. It then becomes shorter. So maybe it doesn't take the whole night. Or if you are somebody where once a binge gets going, it lasts days, maybe it just lasts one day. The recovery is easier. You can just get back to your normal. You don't spend the days in like the binge hangover, beating yourself up, feeling horrible about what happened. You just get back to what was working for you. Maybe you even see the success in the binge because yes, you can have success in a binge when you notice that it's different than what it may have been a month ago, two months ago. And that's where giving up that perfectionist thinking is really important because if you are thinking the only success is no binges at all, you will not see and you won't be able to celebrate the real change that you make. And then the other thing is that you have what I call distress tolerance, meaning things that normally would have triggered a binge, like a level of stressful day that normally would have set you up to have a binge that night, just doesn't do it. You look back and you're like, oh, wait, normally I would have had a binge and I didn't. So it's not even like, 
you have the normal level of stress and you can hang on for willpower and not binge, it becomes where you're like, oh, in retrospect, oh yeah, I guess I would have normally had a binge and that didn't happen. That's what recovery from binge eating looks like. And as you recover, I think your understanding of the binge eating changes and what you make it mean really changes so that when a binge episode does happen, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're failing. It just means that there's probably some stressors going on that you need to address, that your brain is telling you, hey, there's distress going on and I don't feel like we're handling it any other way. This is the only choice I could come up with. I want you to think about that. Like how different would your days be if you could start seeing progress in those ways? It's what I see, like I said, I've been working for years with physicians with binge eating and I love it because these are very, very realistic goals. And, you know, somebody will come into the program talking about how they don't believe they could ever stop binge eating and feeling so ashamed of it. And partway through the program, They'll tell me that it's been a month or more since they last had a binge and they're surprised. And I love it because it doesn't take just telling yourself not to eat. That's not going to ever be the answer. It doesn't take a new diet. That is definitely not the answer when it comes to binge eating. It takes understanding your binge eating, understanding what's driving it and coming up with more effective solutions. And that is the type of stuff that we are going to be talking about in the series that I'm going to be planning for March. So like I said at the beginning, if you don't get my emails, you want to get on my email list so you hear about it and you make sure there's going to be a kind of what I'm planning. <laughs> my brain likes to plan stuff in bigger detail than I can sometimes actually pull off, given that I'm doing all this plus working as a physician. But if things go as planned, there will be emails with some video tips, video content, plus there will be some live sessions where we'll actually dig in and do like workshop teaching style format, dig into different topics around binge eating. So it is going to be powerful. It is going to share so much information you haven't heard before that I don't want you to miss it. So head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca now, like pause the podcast, go over there, sign up for one of the free offers that are on the page. That'll get you on the email list. And then you'll be sure to be getting this binge eating content that I'm going to be creating this month. Okay. Another option, but you won't get, if you just follow me on Instagram, you're not going to get all the extra little video tips and stuff that I'm planning. So I think the best thing is just get on the email list, honestly. I would love to hear what you think, how this resonated with you. Send me an email, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. And if you've been listening to this and you're like, I want help now. I don't want to wait for a month of free content. I want to like get going and really change so that in six months, I can feel like I am the one in control of my binge eating, then I'm here and I'm happy to help inside Thrive Academy for Physicians. You can head over to start to thrive. That's start number two thrive.ca and fill out an application form that no obligation, no pressure application form lets you then have a conversation with me about your specific challenges with binge eating. And then we can talk about what it would look like to work on them inside Thrive Academy. And I've got to tell you, this is the only program that's physician-specific that has specific tools regarding binge eating, where binge eating gets talked about on a regular basis inside the coaching calls. Plus, we have monthly binge eating coaching calls 
that are not recorded just to create a really safe place where you know that you can talk about anything related to binge eating. Okay. If you are a physician who has binge eating, this program is designed for you. It is the community that you've been looking for in six months will drastically change your life. Just like the example I talked about in this episode, drastic changes without working harder. Okay. All right. Have a fantastic day, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.